Hi, I'm your host, Anthony Giorgio, and you're listening to another episode of QT, Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. All right. We are 30 seconds till live. We're going live. <laughs> All right. It doesn't take much to excite me. This excites me very much. Very, 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 very much. These are dreams of mine. And this is what I like. Very Thank you for including us. We are so grateful. Okay. Sorry, yes. Where is Regina? Okay. We're recording. And we're, we're recording and we are go. We are live on Facebook. Good morning. Good afternoon. Hello, everybody. Happy Virtual Pride 2020. We're live on Facebook. Okay. I'm so excited. Uh, my name is Anthony Giorgio and um, I am yes. I'm Kate Oxen, and I'm with Make It Better for Youth. And welcome to our Who Do You Think You Are? Queer Visibility and Entertainment panel um, today um, live on Facebook. Before we start, I just want to introduce Karen Royer. She is our ASL interpreter for this event. And welcome, everybody. We can all clap. We can clap because we haven't been in front of audiences in so long. Yes. <laughs> um, before we start anything, I just want everybody to go down the list and just introduce yourself and use your pronouns, please. And let's start up in the corner with James. Hi, I'm James Vincent. I am he, him. I am a makeup artist living in New York City, hanging out with my bestie over here. So. My name is Avi Nishman. Um, she, her. I am also a makeup artist and a hairstylist. And both of us are also sometimes DJs. Pissy. Hi, guys. I'm Pissy Miles. You might know me as the impeachment queen for when I showed up <laughs> to report and protest at the Donald Trump impeachment hearings, the public impeachment hearings. My pronouns are she, her, or he, his. I'm not terribly particular. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just a, a drag queen and entertainer. Hey, I am Ivory McKay, musical theater performer and also jazz manager for a great jazz club here in the city. Um, my pronouns are he, him, girl, hey, whatever, whoever I'm, I'm with at the time. But uh, nothing really doesn't matter to me. That's it. Rachel? My name is Rachel Weir. Um, I use she, her, uh, and I am... Yeah, a little bit younger, obviously, so I don't quite have an official job title yet, but but um, I am an aspiring theater professional in costuming and props and acting and stage management, all the, all the like. I've just, I just love the theater. I just love... Frozen, frozen in time. <laughs> oh, they just closed. Now they're done. All right, Nina. <laughs> Go ahead, Lena. 
Oh, hi, I'm, I'm DJ. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't hear you. I'm DJ Lena. I'm, I am a philanthropist. I'm a DJ. Um, I'm an actress. I'm a Renaissance woman, a TV show host. She, her. And all that other stuff. And all that jazz. Um, very cool. Well, thank you all for joining us today. It's a really uh, special time right now in history. Crazy time. And I know we're all doing what we can to make things uh, get better, take action, and um, not back off in any way, shape, or form, and keep doing what we do, specifically because we're all in the entertainment business. And uh, a lot of what we want to talk about today is intersectionality and um, awareness and how you've gone through the business, what you do um, in your particular um, part of the business, and how uh, things have shown up for you uh, with your queerness. In, in special deference to Rachel being with us, I'm, I'm very interested in hearing about the time in which you were younger and looking at the world and making a space for yourself and how that makes a space for people who are youth coming up now, whether they're aiming to be in the industry, um, you know, directly in, you know, camera on them or behind camera or behind the microphone or things like that. So with that being said, the, quest, the first question I'll just ask, and um, you can raise your hand and talk. Um, what has, uh, what's the awareness been like for you specifically in what you do? And like, how does it show for you, the queerness and like, um, and what's it been like in conversations? And like, uh, have you been aware of like, things that have been said that are not been nice or have been totally um, supportive? And, and um, what, what have you heard in, in that? I know a lot of us do a lot of uh, queer things, but um, not always. So what's that been like in regards to that? Anyone can speak, it's okay. Yeah, where has the space been made for you? Or have you had to make that space? Yeah. Lena. Um, for me, myself, I, you know, I, I think that the energy, this is how I rock and roll, is that, you know, the energy that I put out is the energy that I get back. So, you know, being a princess of light and throwing out good energy is all that I've ever known growing up and still to date, you know, and I think that even if you do meet somebody who isn't necessarily, you know, where they're supposed to be, because I believe that, you know, we're all still traveling to try to get to where we want to get to, even though we don't know, um, that, you know, you, you, you have to be empathetic to people and, um, and just listen and not automatically just like come at them with how they speak. Because sometimes, especially younger children and sometimes older people, they don't find where they're supposed to be until they're kind of almost given a, 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 an opportunity for somebody to listen and actually feel them out, you know? And mm -hmm. I've been really blessed to tune in and get into people's energies that sometimes to someone outside, we're like, why would you entertain speaking to this person? They're so negative. I was like, because you know what? They need someone like me to not jump down their throat because you know, at, at most times people just want somebody to listen to them. And to sometimes get a point across is kind of sometimes killing them with kindness and just listening. and you automatically sometimes put people further into their rut when you don't listen and you don't kind of give them a, a benefit of the doubt, if you will, because we don't know where people are coming from most mm -hmm. of the time. So, you know, yeah. giving an ear, sometimes just being cool, because I've had people come back to me like 10, 20 years from then, that moment, and say, you know, you could have gone in on me and you didn't, and you were so kind and thoughtful, and it really helped me with my process. So I think that we just have to kind of pump our brakes and not be so quick to judge people because of uh, something that doesn't necessarily resonate with us because everybody, like I said, we're coming at different times and everybody finds their way later on in life. Yes, I agree. Yeah, it's, 
Yeah, Anthony, that's, I want to like ride off of that because, riff off of that, because it's so true. It's, and it's why I made the video that I made on Facebook, because- Can you tell everybody it's a little more, about that video first? Well, yeah, it was, well, this video I made like two or three weeks, two weeks ago, actually. And I woke up like a Tuesday morning and it was, it was the heat of the George Foreman, uh, George Floyd thing. It was the um, heat of all the protesting and so forth. And I woke up that morning with like such a crazy heaviness. And like, I couldn't sing it away. I couldn't YouTube rabbit hole it away. I couldn't watch my movies that I normally do to snap it off of me. It was like that weighted. I didn't want to hide behind somebody else's words or slogan or meme. So I said, I'm going to talk and say what I want to say because I want you to hear it from me and I want you to know where I stand. And that's why I knew, uh, that's why I just went off on the platform of we are horrible to each other. Um, we say that we see, we say that we hear, but the truth of the actual matter is just like Lena was saying is that we don't, like, do I care about you? And we all can say of things that we naturally and genuinely care about, we deeply consider. So if I care about you, I'm going to hear you. I'm going to see you. I'm going to open up this avalanche of care and concern and, and just being there with you. Yeah. And I mean, you can put any, you can feed the, the protests, march with any demographic, any age, and everybody has a story of how they've been oppressed, how they've been treated, and it's crazy how we treat one another. Yeah. And we don't look at it that way. And it's and we can say it's queer, we can say it's BIPOC, we can give it everything. But it truly is simple in a way that how do you treat and care for one another? And then you can add the rest of it all on to talk about it. But yeah, that's where it was. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big deal. We just don't care. Like I, that stuck with me so much. That's why I asked you to be on here because not caring enough about people. We don't. And it's, it's sad because we've just been so divided for so many different boxes that we've created that it's complete BS because none of that actually exists. It only right. exists with us making it existing. Wouldn't you rather be loved and cared about and like seen for who you are than just thrown off like a piece of dirt? Yeah. I mean, think about what we've done. I mean, I, I was making this, I was talking to a friend the other day about, I feel like we all, when we find out who we are, like when, like, you know, when we slowly discover who we are, she said, like, it's, I feel like we come to this auction and on the docket is basic human rights and right to vote and everybody had in the currency is, if you pay with a march and a protest and a boycott and a sit-in, you too can have equal rights. I feel like everybody has to fight, scream, yell, declare, hashtag their life into being, into getting rights. And it's just insane to me because it's like after a while, remember like I could have kept my signs for protesting that I had when the Ferguson thing happened to take them and carry them for the current thing happening. And that's when I was like, something is weird. The system is working just exactly how it is. And I'm carrying the same protest signs that I did four protests ago. And are we moving forward? And what is happening? And everybody is getting more comfortable in the separate boxes they are and screaming their existence and yelling for rights. And it's just like, why are we not caring? And why are we not seeing? And why are we not truly hearing? 
Yes, James. Um, I think, you know, for me, I think back to growing up, uh, I grew up in Providence, Rhode Island, which is, you know, a, it's a pretty small place and pretty liberal. And I grew up in a, a mixed family. I was like this fat queer kid who didn't see myself anywhere. There were no black women on magazines. There were no Latinas anywhere. Asians were invisible. There was no size. There was no shape. There was no color. Um, you grew up knowing that you needed to think about how you carried your book or how you said a certain word, but there were no people that could be that for you. There were no queer people on TV at that time. And if they were, they were gay coded, you know, so we looked to Disney villains and dynasty and these divas to kind of pattern our strength. And I found a book in the library when I was like 14 years old called Zombie. Um, a biomythography by Audre Lorde. And it was like everything shifted. And I started reading everything she wrote. And I remember reading the idea that the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house. And thinking how essential intersectionality was to my finding myself. And that's what kind of activated me. You know, at 14 years old, I started putting my body out into protests and using my voice and my platforms. And I went from being this very shy, weird kid sitting by myself, listening to like punk rock music to knowing that I had to use whatever privileges I had, whatever skills I had. Um, and so going into the beauty industry, it was like finding my tribe for the first time, but then unpacking all of the beauty industry standards, you know? And so to this day, I work to see representation. I work to see diversity. I work to see size. But at 47 years old, I am still dealing with the fact that I am forcing myself into spaces sometimes, but doing it in a way I, I you know, I'm a leftist, um, but I also have a social work degree. So for me, it's about dismantling systems and then also trying to see what I can do to fix them. But I think that as an idealist, as a youth, you think, Someone's going to change for you. And what I think what Lena and I were saying is it's really has been for me about standing up and showing who I am, sharing my stories, and then helping other people to maybe shift their perceptions. And I think that has how I, that's how I've always found my space in the world. Yes, Lena. That was beautiful, James and Ivory. I, I, I think that this is the first time, and especially because most of us are from a different demographic of, you know, the, the children who are coming up today, is that, you know, this is the first time where I'm seeing so much, um, uh, 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 so many groups coming together and, and being proactive and doing things, you know, mm -hmm. especially because we're all so mobile in our homes right now, where people are a little more empathetic to want to listen to other people's causes, because a lot of this stuff obviously has been going on for 400 years and other stuff, you know, this is nothing new. Um, but I think that people having time and not necessarily putting themselves first is really showing uh, in, in numbers and making other people take awareness of so many different causes, you know? And it's so wonderful when you mm -hmm. look at the, the, the news and you look out on the streets, whether you're protesting or not, everybody's doing their thing. But when you look at it, it is a Benetton ad. It's so beautiful. This is something that we've never seen before. We've been doing it. I was a part of ACT UP. You know, I grew up in Manhattan. I've always been about the good fight, but it's different now, you know? And, you know, you, you, like you said, you're seeing so many different diversities. And also, when we were coming up in politics, you know, it wasn't like it was now, you know? There was just, 
you you never really felt like as someone who was um, uh, artistic or um, a, a, of a different shade that you really had a voice, you know, because at that time, you know, we were coming again from Carter and Reagan and all that and then Bush, where it was just like, you know, it was this strong essence of very uh, masculine white um, uh, 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 presence in, in politics. And now, this is why you're seeing them all do the most, if you will, is because they're very small margin. If you look at this country, darling, they're very small in the <laughs> demographic, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they are gonna have to pull all the stunts and do everything that is they need to do before they get the hook. Because, you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> even though all of us are such a, you know, Skittles takes the rainbow situation, we are empathetic and we are thoughtful of everybody else. You know what I mean? We're not trying to say, if you're this way or you're that way, you're not a part of it, but they are. And that's the thing, but we still hear you and we still see you, but we also need you to see us. So yes. it's really lovely and amazing to see everybody taking that, yeah. that, that page out of the book that has been there forever. Hmm. Yes. Uh, Lena, thank you so much for sharing that because I think that that's, I think that's very true and I think it, it deserves to be said. And I think it speaks to kind of what the topic of this conversation is yeah. today is visibility. Right. I think that we're seeing the effects of more visibility of queer right. people and people of color of diversity in our culture. You know, it, it's like you said, it, back in Carter and Reagan and Bush, it was predominantly white men and older white men right. who were who were in power and who were being seen and now we're seeing uh amazing people like aoc and uh, uh elon and all of the and barack obama we're seeing a huge change in the types of people we're seeing representing us in uh, our government and our political uh kind of stratosphere but then also in entertainment we're seeing a change in in what's yeah. happening in entertainment with the diversity of people who are being seen. And it's not where it needs to be, but it's moving in the right direction. And I yeah. think that's, oh, yeah. that's mm -hmm. the most important thing is that we're continuing the conversation and it's not, it's not kind of going by the wayside, which it has done right. in, the, in past. the past. Yeah, 100%. So, so let me ask this, is there, is there a change in the gatekeepers? And yeah, Rachel, you, you want to say something and I'll, I'll step yeah. up and come back to that. <clears throat> Yeah, um, so I was just, Alina was mentioning how it's such a different demographic for the kids growing up nowadays. Like, I can tell you how different it is for me in that I didn't even know I was gay till like after marriage was legalized. So that's what we're dealing with here. Right, right. Um, I love that. I love that. Yeah, so. I do, I do. <laughs> I hear so you. So it's, it's quite different world for um, me and I'm very blessed. I know this is not the case for everyone, but I am in. I am involved primarily with live theater, and I'm and I am involved with uh, and I'm involved with uh, live theater in California. So California, obviously, is a very liberal state. So yeah. it's never really been such like you know what I mean. I've always had my theater friends being like, "You're gay, yeah, cool." <laughs> you know, you go you you go to any pretty much. It's like you. <laughs> you're going to a show and then at least one other actor is gay at least right. <laughs> that's yeah. how it's that's that's how it's been for me and it's and it's kind of a testament to how different it is and i have not had the quite 
been able to do dedicated queer work so much as I want to. I have been able to do that in the past, thankfully, but it's not been the center focus and it's not you really represented a lot. Can you talk about yes. the So yeah, this is how I, I knew to contact uh, people to get on this panel, um, is that I knew Skylar Sullivan through Diversionary Theater in San Diego. Um, and, and Diversionary is one of the oldest LGBT plus theaters in the country. So it specializes mm -hmm. in telling stories about lesbians, about bi people, about gay people, about trans people, about people of color. They are becoming very, very um, diverse in their representation of LGBT people, which right. is absolutely fantastic because, you know, not every gay person looks like me who's, you know, white and cisgender. Right. Um, so it's, it was really amazing to work with because the program I did was their teen versionary program. So I got to meet a lot of teens like me of different walks of life of different and some of them are watching me right now. Like I sent them this <laughs> link. Um, so hi guys. <laughs> um, and it's, it was amazing for me because I got to work with these teens that had this kind of similar lived experience to me, to which you know, it's not active homophobia against you, I guess, living in Southern California so much, but it's just that little bit of discomfort of, uh, you're gay, that's all right, but don't quite talk about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like that awkward in between. It's not overt homophobia, but it's like hell. Life would sure be easy if you were straight. <laughs> um, Which is the biggest lie? Like you grow up thinking that being gay is like such a burden and difficulty, and it is the best gift I've ever received. It's so great. <laughs> it's so great. It's so oh, yeah. We are the magical people. Please. Yeah, it's like, it's like magic, you know, it's like, I think about that John Waters quote from Female Trouble where they're like, the life of a heterosexual is a Saturday with these great people. No. No, it's John like, Waters is just the, he, he's the Messiah, honey. That's oh. it. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Like, it's really, yeah, and like, this is what, just the fact that you put something like this together is like, Look at these magical people we're sharing time and space yeah. with. Like that is the gift of being queer for me. Like, and I wish I could tell my 14-year-old self, like, your life is gonna be fantastic. Like, get out of this boring heteronormative environment and go do your thing. Yeah. Work. I mean, yeah. look at how look at how colorful our 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 tribe is. You know what I mean? And, right. and you, the wonderful thing about that is that you can go to any country, any city, any state. And if you find somebody who speaks, quote unquote, your tongue, you're good. Right. Obviously, there's a lot yes. of different dialects, but we got <laughs> you. you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. We embrace those dialects. Hello. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, and yes. one of the things I got to work with at Diversionary yeah. also was, um, it was the history of the community. So right. I'm a lot younger than you guys are. You know, I don't. I haven't like had well, a lot of time. No, we get it. I'm 16. I'm 16, y'all. I'm 16. We're just teasing each 
darling. <laughs> Y'all, I'm a minor, so. But yeah, it's, it's, I don't have that, you know, I don't have the history behind me as much, right. as much, I mean, obviously I do, it's the community. But you know but what, it, it runs I in didn't your veins, sister. Well, yeah, yeah I didn't know it. it. You, and you, you'll speak to you somebody can't. and something will just resonate to you. And then all of a sudden, you're just like a plant. All of a sudden, you just start growing. Yeah. So yeah. give yourself yeah. a lot more credit, honey, because you got it going yeah. on. You're, you're creating, really first of all, you're creating the history now. And yeah. you're right. effort to go to a theater company like that and be a part of that. I did. I yeah. would not have done that. I went to yeah. theater, but I didn't, I, we didn't have these like LGBT like things. Like I didn't, we just didn't have them. Yeah, so no. like, wouldn't have gone there and done that. Yeah, Anthony, and right? And I know that because when I, I would sneak and I would sneak and rent Rocky Horror Picture Show, and like I would like once I saw him, I was like, I want to be. It was, <laughs> it was such a thing it opened up to me that was just like. I'm like, oh my God, he's so, I mean, I don't know if I could wear that outfit yet, but like, I know that's- <laughs> Whatever, Ivory. Walk, and I know that's how I want to exist. And because it was just like, I mean, I watched it like, I would sneak and rent it and just be like, I just, I was absorbed. I was just like, I need to stand in my skin that way. Whatever I wanted to sleep with Brad because he was in his underwear. I knew that's what I wanted to do. I thought Brad was so sexy in that underwear. I was like, there's something about that's why I watched that film. I mean, all of those fabulous stuff. Like, of course, that came up. Tidy whiteies. I was like, okay. I was like, let's do it, whatever. Um, yeah. yeah, so what? go back to your thing, because I like that. So, so I think part, one of the questions that I have, and also bringing up Rocky Horror is fascinating to me, right? Because like, that was one of those like welcome mats in a way, right? Like you might be 15 and you hang out with like the theater kids at school or whatever. And like, I'm making a vast generalization calling them the theater kids, but I think right. you know what I'm talking about. They're there. Uh, and, and there's like this window, right? It might be small depending where you live that was into other places. You know, you wanted to be there, right? Not on this side, but on the other side. And I think one of the things I'm really curious about is the gatekeeping. Um, you know, there was the political conversation here about how our voices are more present politically. Certainly we like, I don't know about uh, the rest of us, but Pissy, you like walk to the Capitol, right? Like you're like, we didn't see that except in protest when I was a kid in the eighties and nineties, mm -hmm. right? Like, so. Right. These gates and the gatekeepers are are different now around our identity, around like our identities, like the, the plurality of that. So I, I'm interested in hearing about maybe a change in access and being seen as our whole selves. You know, talk on what you did. Tell everybody what you did, and then talk about that experience. Well, <laughs> basically, I was I was approached by a company called Haps. And uh, they said to me, we would love someone to go down as an entertainment reporter at the uh, Donald Trump <laughs> hearings, and we would love for you to go. And so I was going down as a, a, a quote unquote reporter, but I knew that my presence there was going to be unusual. So uh, there's always an element of protest in drag. There's always an element of- um, Every day you get pressed. Yeah, yes. exactly. And so uh, it, it's funny that you brought up Rocky Horror and that whole conversation and gatekeeping because there's this, there's this kind of thing we're going through right now in the queer community in that 
things are much more acceptable than even when I was Rachel's age, which was not that long ago, but it was, it was a, a little bit long ago. Um, and so, <laughs> you know, in just 15 or 16 years, we've seen such a drastic change. And, and now queer visibility is a whole new thing. But we also have this, this element of, uh, and it's so funny that you brought up Rocky Horror, because I was just talking about this. Uh, I, I do a podcast called my spooky gay family with my sister who is also a lesbian. And um, we, were, we were talking about Rocky Horror. And I was saying that the, the kind of craziness about Rocky Horror is that it was much more acceptable to cisgender and straight people 100%. than many other queer things. And yeah. it's difficult to understand why, because it's such a bizarre, weird celebration of queerness. And it, it kind of, instead of being shy, I mean, this, it came out in 1975, in a time when it was not safe to right. be a gay person in America or a queer person in America or a trans person in America. And so I was like, well, why is it so acceptable in this context, but not in a reality context? And there's this kind of, especially in entertainment, as an entertainer, I see this a lot, there's this kind of strange gatekeeping that happens where it's like, well, we're going to enjoy your culture and we're going to enjoy your movies and your, your um, colloquialisms and your language and your, uh, your visibility, but it's still on a, on a much more tangible level makes us very uncomfortable. And that's something that <clears throat> I did experience after going to the Capitol is that I would get hired to go and do these events. And I did one right in Asbury Park where I went and I wore the dress that I had worn to the impeachment and I made some jokes about it and I, I said some things. And obviously it was very vocally anti the Trump administration. And someone wrote me a private message afterwards because it was a, a fundraiser for another group, but I had been hired because I was the impeachment queen. And someone wrote me a private message afterwards to say, you know, I thought you were so funny and you are so talented, but you know, you really should not say those things that you said about Trump because you, you know, there, you, you know, for some of us, it was very difficult because we are supporters of his and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, but to be in that position, you're, you're taking something from me and not giving me anything back. Does that make sense? In yeah. that I'm giving you my humor and my culture and my visibility and you get the bright kind of bounciness of having a drag queen at your party, but and not too much. But not too much. But you but you exactly not too much. You don't want to say, Yeah, you don't want to say, well, it's okay for you to be who you are, and I'm not going to fight this person who's taking away the rights of the people in your group, taking away the rights of trans people, taking away the rights of queer people to adopt and to get married and to do these things. And, it, and so there's this kind of weird gatekeeping that's happening now that's much more subtle, whereas back when I was a kid in the, in the 90s, it was, much more, it was much easier for people to say, I don't support gay marriage. I don't support gay adoption. I don't support uh, same-sex partnerships. And so now it's kind of become more coded. It's very strange to me. 
Yeah. Uh, Abby, the thing you say is, I'm fine with the gays, but. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, there's the commodity. There's the commodity part of it, right? That, like, we're exactly. Our likeness is purchasable, or we can perform for you, but it's not, you know, we stop at acknowledging or affirming that it, that's who you are. Oh, they take every, everything yeah. that's in this world is from the queer community, the, the Black community. Like, it's just stolen. I mean, like, there's no other way of talking about that, but just outright saying it's taken, mm -hmm. stolen. That's yeah. what has been created. That's what we've uh, uh, made. There's appreciation and then there's appropriation. That's exactly. And that's what it comes down to. Yeah. It can, uh, People of color have, have gone through this forever. I'd love for you to talk about it. No, I would love to talk because I feel like it's always strange when they use the word looting when we've been looted for years. Yeah. I yeah. mean, for yeah. our personalities, for yeah. our art our all of our music and so forth and this goes along with uh, so many people and that's when when you put it all and we need to level the playing ground we put it all on the same plane you just like my god we're constantly looting every day and that's why i said again it's just like all the things that we were figuratively doing we're like literally seeing ourselves in action right now yeah. it's like we're still screaming for rights we're still protesting we're still like wondering we're still coding we're still like trying to figure everybody out and it's okay if you do this just so and what you just said it's just like insane the like coding and the like acrobats we have to do in order to exist and it's exhausting are the gatekeepers changing yes they are um i think information is just being seen when it was able to be filtered when we were growing up in the 90s and 80s it was like well, yeah all, whatever yeah, you yeah. saw on television yeah. whatever you saw in the newspaper that was what right. you saw but now we have youtube a phone and we can see it happen yeah and i think when you are sitting there watching for eight and whatever second, eight minutes and seconds, seeing someone completely murdered in front of you, like after a while, it gets to the truth of your soul. And yeah. you know that your soul is reacting differently. And you're just like, I just witnessed that, the entire thing. Yeah. Oh my God. And then, and then that just goes on. You can bring up another about the murders within the transgender community. And just it's just everything. And that's why it's just like, what is happening? Why are we doing this to one another? You know, and it's like, it's like you think you put it on the table. You're just like, so I'm, we're doing, we're killing, we're looting each other. We're like, for what? Because we don't think you're, you're, you can exist here. We don't think you're qualified to have these rights here I, it's just absurd when you put it all out in the open and you talk about it and you read it it's just like what are we doing to one another right like seriously i you know i just want to wear a dress i just want well, my hair long well, here's i just want to like wear pink i mean like here's it's the like, thing it's the language language it's all language right everything's based it in language created a <clears throat> language and it's like in the business but uh, uh ivory and i are both actors and just in the breakdown specifically in the business, right? Yes. If you look at a breakdown, colorblind casting is used, the words are used. Um, yep. They have to fill a quota, so they have to have one Asian, one black person in the cast, so it looks okay, but if you break it down, a lot of times they're in the back of the line. That's just how it is. And they won't yep. cast often, they won't cast uh, black people in leads that are generally white people, like shows like uh, musicals, like The Music Man. It's like, theaters will not do that. They won't, they won't do it. They just won't. Yeah. That's why it's important for the people who are 
uh, you know, doing the content behind the scenes that that is, uh, you know, more diverse, you know, therefore, yes. you know, you, you, when you have like, I mean, for instance, <laughs> Insecure, I mean, look at that cast, look at everything behind that cast, you know, so that has a huge part. But to get back onto what Ivory was saying, you know, um, we, um, if you're upset by the content that you're seeing out there in the world, and it bothers you, and you're of a different demographic, it should. It Absolutely. should. It should spark everything. And you should be outraged. Okay. Maybe for the wrong reasons, but you should be outraged because look at how long this has been going on to a demographic, a demographic of people for 400 years. So I'm sorry that you are, you know, protrude, uh, I'm sorry, uh, perturbed in your, in your home by seeing this and hearing this and that you think that, oh, why is there a Black Lives Matter? Well, all lives matter. No, darling. What matters is that there is somebody being lynched who happens to be Black. There's somebody who has a chokehold and a knee on them who happens to be Black. This is a continuing thing that has been going on for a very long time. Mm -hmm. So guess what? Black lives matter just like everybody else's, but Black lives matter right now because this is what's been going on and nobody else is seeing it. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, what, uh, go ahead, James. I think it's also just reaches a point, and I think this is where media and social media have been so great about connecting people with shared identities. Because when you think you're the only one, yes. it becomes so much more difficult to put your body, right. put your soul in that space. You know, like, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I moved to New York City because at 11 years old, I saw Madonna and Desperately Seeking Susan, and I was like, I have to. <laughs> you know? And it was this weird, arty, creative thing. Yeah, you're inspired by that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's yeah, what yeah. it was. And then you start to see some of with the way that mass culture kind of pulls from the margins and the people on the fringes to be able to create mass culture. And I think if we go back to the gatekeeper question, I do think that there have been some changes, but I think we have to be the ones who are telling those stories. Um, Abby and I have been lucky enough to be part of some, like we did the makeup for uh, Lady Gaga's Born This Way video, which is this very anthemic kind of thing. But if I pull back from it, it's a little not representative of like right. our culture, you know? We did the first, we did makeup for the first non-binary fashion show for Marco Marco, which oh, felt you know and it's like okay well here's the difference when hollywood tells our stories and here's the difference when we tell our stories yeah well i encourage and a real white yeah you know voice doing it yeah i knew you two look familiar i knew it i was like wait i know these guys yeah marco bringing everyone together you know, we have yeah. to record our music. We have to record our stories. We have to go to each other's theater performances because when we have control of our own stories, we can tell them in a way that starts to change people because everything can't be so palatable. Black lives matter. Black trans lives matter. <laughs> queer movement. You know, Stonewall is a march, not a parade. You know, because Black trans sex workers picked up bricks and that is really what it comes down to and so we have to continue to disrupt and we have to continue to put our bodies out there and our stories out there and i think that's how the gatekeepers change to, they're not going to let us in right. we have to, to like make, make the right people put it down yeah right places. true right so beautifully said yeah yes 
black people in those places of power to make the decisions, not just yes, hire black models, right, but right. hire black creative directors, yeah. black photographers, all, on all levels. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and have a conversation. The voices. If you have a conversation in that room with everybody. I think we're so afraid like, to just talk about it. We are. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. Like, it, it blows my mind that yeah. like, people don't want to talk. They want to, well, I'm informed, but I don't want to talk. I'm like, I watched the video, but I don't want to talk. I'm like, I'm going to need you to now talk. Huh. Because I want to hear what you are saying and what you Wait, are talking. Like, and I love Go ahead, sir. No, no, it's just it like, that, that really resonates with me because like, like James, I left a small place, even smaller than Providence, and it was a small, really white place, right? And I was looking for people like me. I was not taught how to examine my whiteness. Right. Um, yeah. I really, you know, I'm, I was a woman growing up not feeling like these other girls, right. and I didn't behave like mm -hmm. that. It didn't fit. So I'm thinking to get out based on the one piece of my identity that wasn't represented, but I had no language to investigate any of the right. rest of it and and my lack of language especially around my race in a really white place you know in a place where i knew like very scary uh for people of color to be right, right. Uh, and, and i and i wasn't responsible to that until much much later in life mm -hmm. right? yeah and owning, owning a big one of my things i wrote down is because it's a big thing for me all the time is owning your queerness in those environments as well. I know it's the entertainment business, but that doesn't mean that everyone's accepting of your queerness by any means. No. Like there's yes. so much, so much discrimination. Oh, they, that's it. Is, you know, it's not, you know. It goes back to Pissy talking about that particular woman coming and she's like, yes, 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 scaling everything. And then she yeah. writes you an email saying, Actually, you shouldn't talk about that. Shut the fuck up. I'm like, <laughs> right. Like, I don't that know. Was what the a little too is. much. Like, just talk about it. Like, get over yourself. The world literally does not revolve around you. Nobody. It, and, do it together. And right. it happened in a queer space. I mean, this was a queer space in Asbury Park. And it's like, you were a visitor in our space. You were a visitor to our culture. You were a visitor to this show. You were a visitor to me. And you still had you still felt okay in, in demanding Stay. something from it. Right, and right. that was Stay. really, it's like, if you, tell you don't like it, you don't have to come back. And I will never tell somebody they have to come back because if that's how you feel, I don't want you there anyway. Right. But I, there's this kind of, there's this, and I, <laughs> There's a Karening. It, it's the it's the I'm going to come and I'm going and again, to again the dictionary. Exactly. Karening. It's and it's the idea that you can come and demand something of a group and not expect to give something back to them. Right. And right. that is that's kind of I think the conversation that's happening now on a much broader scale. Yeah. Right. Lena? It's, a, it's an entitlement, you know, uh, you, you, you could be in a room, especially us as artists, you know, we've all been there and, uh, you know, and uh, doing makeup or acting. And we've, uh, we've, we've heard uh, 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 a person speak to us and be like, thinking that this is how we talk and that it's a whole universal thing. Oh, work it, girlfriend, or something like that. It's very condescending. <laughs> Charlie, you've heard me speak only the way I speak, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to call it out. I speak the way I speak, 
but none of that was giving you any of that kind of faggotry. But what makes you think that you can speak that way to me? You know, I find it very condescending and I find it very uneducational. How should I speak like, should I speak like you? You know what I mean? Like it's, like, it's, it's so wrong for people to feel like they can do that because again, it's on the content, it's on the media, it's where they're getting it fed from. Right. Right, right. The media in social media, actually, I love social media. I will be on social media the rest of my life as long as it exists. I think it's a great platform, but man, oh man, has it completely destroyed an entire idea of um, boundaries, right? So we've yeah. completely yes. this is a great thing, but, but we've but not great. Remember, there was a time yes. where there was just only those caricatures of our community, you right. know, yeah. like for instance, on, right. uh, uh, was it uh, then on film on Mad TV with the two gays? You know what I mean? Yeah, two yeah, snaps yeah. and twists. You know yes. what I mean? So it's like when people only see that, they think that that's all there is. But guess what? Nowadays, there's much more content where you dip, you get to see the character versions, the comedy, and then you get to see the series. You get to see the 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 just the the whole gamut of all of us being the skittles that I said of the rainbow. You know what I mean? You get to see it now. You know so. That has everything to do with the person on the other end, honey, being yes. more educated. So if you're only looking for those things and that's all you're going to see, then obviously that's what you're keeping yourself like, you know, uh, blindsided in, you know, but there's so much out there. Right. Yeah, there is right. so much. But, and and if, if you are, are very aware of how movies and television are made, if you're very aware and you're paying close attention, we're not, we're getting there, but we're not quite there even in casting a person that's a black person in the lead, right? A queer black person in the lead role, or in, uh, a queer black person in the lead role who is not a man, but is a woman who is a lesbian. Like you have to like look at the way whoever's in charge and like not quite casting everything yet. Like they're just- And like, shades too. You right. know what I mean? Like, shades, why yeah. is it that you only get to see certain types of shades and then they're like, you know, the co-star and all of this, you know? And, and, and a lot of the times, like uh, Ivory, you had mentioned earlier, and we all know this about the, shortly after George's uh, uh, demise, um, that there was a young trans woman getting, um, a, who had to get out of her car because she accidentally bumped a, a, a black man's car. She was mm -hmm. a black trans woman. And she got out of the car because it got so heated. And all of a sudden, 30 black men started beating up on this one transgendered woman. Like, in what universe is this ever right? But then, you know, all of us people who know about the things and keep ourselves informed are putting it out there. And so many cis friends are reaching out saying, oh, thank you for posting this. Well, if we don't, guess what? The media will obviously pick it up. And right. don't get to say that only, um, that Black Lives Matter and you get to de decipher and start to dissect that only certain, no, darling. Because guess no. what? If a police officer sees you and he wants to shoot you, he doesn't care if you're trans or you're gay or you're or, or, or cis. He's just going to shoot you because that's the way he is. So you, in the Black community, don't get to push your sisters and your brothers aside, you know? Because guess what? We show up for you. You got to show up for us. That's just how it is. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Emmy. It's a deeper thing. That's why I'm telling you, that is what we have to really... Oh, do it as well because it's like oh racism within all of our communities is very oh, yeah. like a very scary thing because when you yeah. when you start talking about so you know we're talking about the platform and like you know queer life and la 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 we gotta go we gotta stand but then when we start doing it towards one another it becomes really awkward and it becomes really like so it's just it's a very odd thing it's a very hard thing I think it's a ladder no, thing. When you're told by other straight black men that you're weak 
Yeah, that you're weak because then you're just like, but I'm black too, but I'm, oh, but now I'm not, so I'm not really black now? Or, or like, it's just I'm weak. Oh, it was just such an odd thing when you hear stuff like that, when you see and you, you experience that. And it's just, it's like bizarre to me. That's why I am such on the platform of like, we have got to care about people. Because when you do, I'm telling you right now, I don't care if you wear a dress or a heel and you're a man. I'm going to see you. I'm going to embrace you. I'm going to hear you. Like, I'm, that's just what it is to me. And like, we're just seeing how we treat one another. And then don't you think it's odd that during a pandemic, we're like now talking about racism, <laughs> a global experience and racism is still on the forefront. It's just like, okay, now something is weird and off and absurd. It's like something is, this is coming up now. So this is something that needs to be shattered, broken, and taken okay. off. Well, a big part of why we did this entertainment and media is because 75% of what people see in this world is all through media and entertainment. Like that's the only yes. thing, that's the, more than that, because that's, that's how we know right. something's going on in a different country, that we know there's uh, other race, racist, racist people in other countries. We know that there's um, a fire or a, a disaster or a hundred wars going on because of media, right? So right. I, it's the jump, it's some, there has to be a jumping platform. Someone has to jump off. We're a media rich, culture. And when I talk with other educators or even with students, I frequently talk about um, the celluloid closet, as everybody yes. is familiar with that. Mm -hmm. And, and I, and I use that as an example. Now that lens is like the gay is the gay lens, right? We really don't address color, ethnicity or anything else. Um, but I, I talk about how when you have a hundred years of being shown one thing, so our media, our Hollywood culture being a hundred years, whatever, and that's on, the only thing you're shown, that's the only thing you can imagine for yourself. And, I, and so I look to, to all, you, know, you in this conversation and then our larger community, like how do we reimagine and, and make that a reality, right? How do we expand um, not just who's showing up, but, but how we ask everybody to show up because it matters to imagine ourselves as, as part of the wider community. I can't you know, separate myself um, because I'm not all these other things. I have to see myself as that larger piece. Maybe that's the empathy piece, you know, right. that you're talking about, Ivory, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You really have to see yourself. Go ahead, Jim. I, I want to say to Ivory, uh, you know, first, you know, we don't come out of the womb knowing about hate or prejudice. Right. All yes. that stuff is taught at home. So, yes. you know, I think that with where we're coming up right now and young people and people of our demographic who are having kids, especially the younger, younger kids below the millennials, they're like, what is this bullshit that you guys are going through? They don't understand it. They don't see any of this foolishness. Right. They're like, they've got, I've got uh, friends of mine who have kids in school who, you know, they're like, yeah, my best friend, she's transgender, so what? You know what I mean? Like, they don't care. They're like, why are these old people all still in this funk after so long? I think the same way. I don't understand it. It makes no sense yep. to me. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's I like, do. You, you don't, you don't, you don't come out of the womb, guns, guns ablaze, and you know, and you don't say, oh, you know, it, it, it's so taught, and guess what? It can also be untaught too. Yes. You know, that's not in our gene. That's just, that, that, that's a, that's a bullshit. That's all white noise, you know what I'm saying? So let's just be there for our brothers and sisters and educate, have that, uh, that, 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 that content out there and, uh, and also listen and not, again, like I said in the very beginning, 
listen and not put that per person further into their coffin. You know what I mean? Find out where they're coming yeah. from. Brother, why do you do what you do? I do care. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, mm -hmm. it is a chain reaction and it affects us all. If we would just take one minute out to listen to somebody, baby. I know. Rachel, that's the shift. It is. Yeah. Go ahead. I, and I was, I was, I'm to this point, I think this, that's, this is why representation matters so very much. It's because we learn so much about the world through our media, through our, you know, stuff. And like, I credit social media with um, me actively trying to unteach myself societal racism. And I credit a lot of social media with, you know, I see a lot of queer people being out and proud. And that's kind of how I knew who I was, you know, from, I was like middle school, eighth grade was when I really figured out when I was gay. And that's because so much of media isn't controlled by these big, like, you know, white, cis, straight, heteronormative, you know, things anymore. We can branch out, we can make our own stuff nowadays. And I think that's the beauty of the modern era is because here's the thing is I learned, um, I, the way I figured out I was gay was this song from, I don't know if you know Kaylee Kiyoko, but she's very popular with lesbians. She's a lesbian woman, lesbian pop artist who sings about liking women. And, and she has a song called Girls Like Girls. And one of the lines is, I'm real and I don't feel like boys. And I'm like, that's me. You know, like I figured out who I was because of a song. <laughs> so that's why representation Good. matters so much. Right. And it's, you know, it's, we got, it's so important to branch out and take this stuff so that we can learn to be allies to the transgender community so that we can learn the history of the community and how we came, how this whole community came from the actions of, of, of black trans women, you know, and how that's so, so important. Yeah. And that inclusivity and diversity in the community, outside the community, it all matters so, so much and will help people treat us better because you know they yeah. understand us better right yep that's beautiful thank you i think it's it's so important like what you're saying is so important i think it ties into the idea like what we're all saying is really we all need to just listen and speak and share stories and be empathetic because i think that that is how that shift starts to happen and I think then we have to take action and we have to put ourselves into places where we can amplify our stories, you know, yeah. where we can amplify melanated voices, amplify queer voices. And I think that when we start to do that, that hundred years of celluloid, you know, can start to look like we look. I live in New York City. Um, I've lived in LA, London, Dublin. You know, I, I travel for work three weeks a month when I'm not in quarantine and <laughs> you know, meeting queers anywhere in the world of a certain age who a share show changed their life or you know like <laughs> mahogany was the moment when they okay. knew <laughs> you know, like, those shared experiences we we might not share language we might not share culture but there's some underlying coding that got my generation through and to see and hear you Rachel where you're picking up stories that are a little more out in the open. What will it, the shift look like 10 years from now if we keep yeah. moving? Yeah. Lena plays music 
in places where we gather and that changes. Like my first time at a gay bar, I do a podcast with uh, one of my best friends who I grew up with, Joe Delude, who's the makeup artist behind Broadway shows like Wicked and Beetlejuice. And we talk about what it was like going to a gay bar for the first time, sneaking in at 16 and seeing other queers dancing and celebrating instead Heaven. of- yeah. And if it was. you magnify those moments, you know, and then have these quiet moments with individuals where we're listening to them and explaining to them, and then these other moments where we're amplifying outwardly, this is how, when Rachel is my age, these maybe these conversations won't be happening in the same way, you know? You know, it's funny, because when I was growing up, yeah. my aunt's a lesbian, and she used to be so proud of the rainbow flag, and so... I was such an asshole when I was a kid. So I um, I was like, I don't need a pride flag to be who I am. That was stupid. <laughs> um, obviously, years later, I've matured and I've listened and I've learned and I've taken in a lot of um, experiences um, with the people in my life. And I have a lot of people in my a ton of people in my life, a lot of people I'm close to. Um, and with a lot of respect in the work that they do and how they and they show up for the world, I can't. I honestly can't be friends with people if they don't um, contribute to society uh, in any way, shape, form. They can. It's really hard for me. That's why I'm having a lot of conversations with my family right now. So, <laughs> but it's it's a tricky it's a tricky diagram to navigate because Lena, you keep saying 400 years, and it's true. It's like 450 years of the systemic racism in this country is why. When we have these attitudes and this and this um, prejudice towards something, it's because we just heard it from somewhere, and we and we want to fit in, so we go with that. And and it's not until you can start to break away from that and go to the left and be like, oh wait a minute, that's crazy. I can't think that that's horrible. That that's a horrible way to approach life. And it takes it's a different stages for everybody um, uh, in the world in the world. I do a lot of work in India. You would, your minds would be blown at, they're just now allowed to be gay and not illegal, like two years, three years ago, right? That's just now, you know? And, it's a, and then, they, and like to be in Bollywood, you have to be a lighter skin shade. You have to be white. They bleach their skin so they can be famous in Bollywood movies. That's still now in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just here in America, it's systemic around the world. Yes. Everybody looks to us. So we, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, you're no good for it. Don't, don't look at us. Right. <laughs> We're no good right. for it. Right. You know? I mean, that's, just, like, that's what colonization, I talk about this often, like colonization really fucked up the world, right? And like, uh -huh. that's, and it's still that same thing. Right. So that's right. why I want, we wanted to do this, these, these um, pride because Queerness is a massive part of the world. In fact, it's yeah. probably at the top of the list because there's so many of us and we're not going anywhere. Um, Anthony, so. can I just say something real quick? Sure. Just to what you were saying about your family and you know a little bit of like you know the device and kind of pulling away. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean about in the beginning. You can't do that. You still have to. We have to be bigger than all of them. Yeah. This is the only way we break this. Because guess what? It will get through to one or two of them. And guess what? Mm -hmm they'll tell people and they'll start to say well you know what i'm looking at this way looking at this a little bit differently no. you know what i mean and that's how you have to you can't give up you know that, that when, we, when we do that this is when we get into this place and where we've been and we don't get out right. of yeah 
So last night yeah. we had a we had another podcast recording and we were talking about coming out stories and we were talking about the power of coming out all the time, like not a one and done, and how that choosing that kind of representation in all of these uh, situations, whether it's with family or somewhere professionally, like how how you hold space for the rest of your queer brethren sisters your extended family by by taking your own identity and, and putting it up front anytime you walk in and i and i you know and i think it's challenging with our family right because we give that first family a lot of power over us oh, you know but why do we because they say that this is how it has to be exactly. but you know what? at the end of the day you believe it you're not it's a good young. person and yep. you want to hurt me i have no problem clipping you Right. You know what I'm saying? And it, sometimes family will turn you out fiercer than the, the next person on the street because they think that, oh, because you're family, you can get away and you can do it. Yes. That's right. why you have to bring them correctly and you got to let them know, mm -hmm. I have a backbone too. And if you cut me, I will bleed and I will, I will hold you accountable for it. Mm -hmm. Right. But I'm going to let you know. And, and you know what? Because if I didn't care, I wouldn't say anything. And then, you know, do, 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 that's a whole other thing. But right. I care enough. And I think that's just it. It's just, having that empathy, giving a minute to somebody else and helping them out of the rut that they're in. Because somebody put them there. Exactly. So guess what? You could be the person who gets them out of it. It's systemic. It's just it's just a ripple effect. That's Breaking all. Breaking the cycles. Breaking the Breaking cycle. cycle. Break the cycle. On that note, that's a great note to conclude. I want everybody to give a little bit of where they can find you and give a little bit of, um, of uh, words of wisdom. Um, let's start with James. Oh. Uh, you can find me, uh, I'm on Instagram at jvincentmakeup, um, and I have a podcast called Parallel Drives with Joe Delude, where we kind of talk about uh, being queer in the uh, uh, entertainment world and how we kind of navigate that with different topics every week. And then I have another podcast called The Makeup Show Podcast with Danessa Myricks, where we talk more about um, beauty industry careers and uh, inspiration and i guess i would say like the gift of being queer um i think is that we don't have the expectations <laughs> you know like it really is i think for for me uh an identity that allows you to shift and shape and mold it and make it whatever you want it to be you can find those things in yourself that you want to become and you can work to get there. And I think our communities tend to be uh, full of love and, and full of different experiences and understanding. And so I would say the first steps are sometimes the toughest with kind yeah. of coming, coming to terms with who you are. And when you surround yourself with the right people and you find your tribe, I think that you start to realize that queer is kind of a, a superpower to be unlimited, you know? That's beautiful. Great. Yeah. Abby? Hi. Uh, you can find me at Abby Nishman um, on Instagram, and I'm the same on Facebook and everywhere else. Nobody has my name. And uh, I don't even know what to say after what James said. That's very eloquent. He usually mm -hmm. yeah. um, And I say uh, my lately has just been to be aware of how I can speak up and how I can listen and yeah. learn. 
and to be just as aware of that as I can, really sensitive to um, the fact that I never will stop learning, right. no matter what it is. Mm. Um, mm. In my job, you know, I just signed up for a bunch of new courses, which were never available before because people didn't, I would always ask for them. I, I had friends who would help me um, learn about textured hair and, and diff because I come across it all the time in my job, but now right. there's courses, finally. That's great. Right. 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 All these, these women that I love and work with who are now able to teach these sort of things um, that should have always been out there, but yeah. now um, there's a better platform for them. So just paying attention and supporting as much as you can, wherever yeah. you can, with everything. I mean, yeah. Black Lives Matters. Um, being much louder than anything else as it should be, um, but with all everybody who um, needs the help. Yeah, that's beautiful. And darling, that's that's powerful, sweetheart. You know what I mean? Listening and speaking up—that's huge. huge. And guess what? It's so easy. It, it is, and I think it's hard for a lot of people. It seems, <laughs> especially the listening part. Um, listening is definitely hard. Difficult sometimes for some people, but yeah, yeah. Um, but it. It is so important. It really yeah. is. You learn a lot about yourself when you listen to other people. Mm -hmm. Rachel, where can we find you and give some words of wisdom? Oh gosh, um, well, I don't really, my, my Instagram account is actually private, but you can request so to cute. follow me. <laughs> hey, I'm a teenager. I got, I, think I got the college board like staring down at me. I, I gotta be careful. <laughs> teenager on um, I, you could be private. Uh, is that is that uh, Rachel underscore is underscore weird underscore D? <laughs> Rachel is weird. <laughs> um, so that's where you can find me on Instagram. And hey, if you want to cast me anything, if you if you want, <laughs> please like let, me, let me know. I mean, I'm I, I I'm wide open. Um, but yeah, I guess my take. What I want to say is just being yourself loving yourself and owning up to who you are and your true identity is revolutionary yeah. you know what i mean and we of course need to take action we need to protest and change it we need to make change but i think we can't we don't we need to not forget about just being your genuine self yeah wherever you can you know wherever that's safe wherever that's possible for you right is so important and it's so revolutionary and it makes a huge change because yeah. you know people in your life are going to see you and they're going to see someone queer and owning it and they're going to be like hey maybe maybe that yeah. can be me mm. thanks pissy uh well it's pissy miles p-i-s-s-i-m-y-l-e-s -E you yes. can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, Pornhub, wherever you look. I, <laughs> I will be there. <laughs> you have all these links in an email, right? <laughs> yeah, I'll send them to you. I have them. Don't worry. All in my signature, darling. It's all in my signature. Um, and, you know, as far as, as far as everything else goes, Rachel said something in the beginning that I've been, I like, I can't stop thinking about it because it's like, you, you made this kind of offhanded comment, and at the time I didn't know you were 16, but you made this offhanded comment about how your resume was not what everyone else's here is. Yeah, but, I don't. 
um, the, uh, the thing that I think is important to remember, because you remind me a lot of myself when I was your age, which wasn't that long ago. And, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, Rachel. But <laughs> it, it don't ever be sorry. And that's kind of my point, is don't ever be sorry, because I had this great desire to do big things and to be a big person. And um, it wasn't until I kind of let go of that that I started to do big things because it goes back to what you said. Oh. It's about being it's so true. true I just you. talked about you, that. It's so true. To, <laughs> it's being true to you and yeah. doing the things you want to do, not the things you that other people expect you to do. Yeah. And I think an important thing for young people to hear is that none of us, I think nobody on this panel knew we were doing something huge when we did it. The yeah. day of the impeachment, I didn't realize I had done anything that significant mm -hmm. until I went down on, I, I went down to lunch and I was sitting in the cafeteria at the Longworth building, which by the way is an experience I think everyone should have, is <laughs> sitting in drag at the Longworth building. Um, Let's just not go together, but that's, that's yeah. <laughs> I went down and I, I, I had been reporting all day. I'd been talking to people and running around. I hadn't had a chance to look at my phone and I opened up my phone and I had 600 notifications and my husband had texted me and he just said bug you're going viral and I was like what the fuck I didn't do anything <laughs> I'm trying to annoy people I, I've been annoying people at, at security at the Longworth building that's all I've been doing um, and it gives you a voice and it gives you a platform and don't don't be afraid to do the things that you think will challenge you and yeah. that will that scare you Man. because those are going to be the things that pay off that's, that's right that's beautiful honey <laughs> i agree yeah. baby i want to say thank you for this day because all yeah. of you are just just beautiful um you can find me on instagram and facebook like you know but i just started speaking out so i fucking love it and i'm gonna do it more because I want to, God, you just, that's such a word of encouragement. You see, my God, um, words of encouragement. I just want people to, a practical step, and I want people to go to their safe space, their alone space, and I want them to talk to themselves, and I want them to ask themselves difficult questions about what they actually think about people who don't think like them, look like them, dress like them, eat like them. Because I think when you discover that you need to get over some things yourself. You need to change some perspectives and ideas and intentions and motives yourself. Then you can clearly step out and see what you need to see and hear what needs yes. to be heard. And I want to tell people to offer one another grace. Yeah. Mm. Grace is not grace if it's deserved. It's a big word. So, the grace you wanted when you said you were gay, queer, I like heels, I want this color red, that grace that you wanted, no matter how difficult it is, you're going to have to give it. Mm. So we can all start moving forward together. Mm -hmm. Grace, yeah. that's it. Nina. Oh, I, I want to, again, thank you all, like each one of you, and I, I hope that you'll put an email out, uh, uh, Kate and uh, 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 
Anthony, that we can have this information to keep in touch with everyone because it has been a joy and an honor getting to listen to all of you. You know, um, uh, I'm, I, I, I take people's energies and their time very personal, being an only child, you know? So I love learning where other people come from, you know? And that has everything to do with who's sitting here. It's because I'm grateful and I'm thankful for every person that I'm able to come in contact with because I love people. And that's just point blank. You just gotta love yourself and you gotta love other people. Because when you do that, you won't hurt nobody. So what I'd like to leave on is, I think it's a wonderful time to be alive. It's beautiful. We would no normally never be doing this, you guys, right? We'd be off having lunch on Saturday, having brunch with some friends. But guess what we're doing? We're sitting here talking about important things. This, this is the realness, you guys. So I thank you for that. I, I want more of this. I want us all to listen and, and, and you know where other people are coming from because this is how we get to a better place. This is how we forget about all that mascara that happened of why we're here. You know, let's go for it and do more of this because that's where we go. We get better by doing this and listening to other people. So protesting, voting in November is very important. And even if it's not the person that you wanted to have, guess what? We don't have another luxury, you guys. We cannot afford to have the orange Cheeto there for another four years. We've wow. got to get out and make certain that he is out of office and it will be a better day. And guess what? Now our voices are stronger in other areas that guess what he's going to listen and some of the people that are going to be with him are going to listen i'm speaking of joe biden y'all okay yeah. but guess what if the orange cheeto stays for another four years there's nobody listening they, they, he hasn't even listening for these last four years we have the opportunity to change this scenario that's all i'm saying do right do better what you said my sweet angel is Listen and use your voice and, 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 and find out where other people are coming from. And I, I just, I, I feel very privileged to be here. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Y'all, you made me exhausted with love. I got, we got two more to do today. What the fuck are we going to do? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the first one. <laughs> oh, the first one. <laughs> coffee. <laughs> um, uh, you guys also, you can find DJ uh, Lena on DJ Lena. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, my, okay. my platforms. Uh, okay. uh, 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 Lena Bradford on uh, Facebook. Uh, the uh, Lena Br DJ Lena on Facebook and in the dollhouse um, on Facebook and then on yes. Instagram. It's uh, I know, honey. It's a real <laughs> dollhouse. It's real. It's real. It's Instagram real. is uh, uh, the Lena Bradford, and then there's also uh, uh, an Instagram page for my talk show in the dollhouse with Lena. But if you just go to uh, the the Lena Bradford, I got you. She she does have you. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, I bring this up, I say this word, and I say this with a lot of confidence, that you are all very brave for doing this. And I say that because we are still have to have this conversation, and a lot of people still don't want to have it. So this yeah. is a brave move. This is something that we are doing. This is the old school way of doing it. And this is the way that actually gets it done. Amen. So Amen. we're going to get it done. That piece of shit is going away. Um, <laughs> and it's going to be a brighter day. Live through love. Uh, we just thank you all so much we'll stay connected of course yeah. um once you're in personally speaking once you're in my life you never go away i don't have Amen. to talk about you never going away so i will text you i will message you i will bug you you will never go away <laughs>
Thank it's you true. For, <laughs> for the gift of your stories today. Uh, you know, the, the end of this piece uh, will segue into, and this is my shameless pitch for our next thing at three o'clock where we are talking about politics and being in office and representing um, yeah. queer at our identity in, in elected places. And, uh, you know, again, it, it's, we're bridging a lot of communities. We're not staying in our lane and that's an amazing and beautiful thing. And I appreciate yes. great, every last one of you for bringing that today. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you. Have a great day. Happy Hi first. guys, so nice meeting you all. Nice meeting you, darling. Yeah, nice meeting all of you. <laughs> I'm going to get away. all the contact from everybody, from Anthony yeah. and Kate, will, okay? Yep. yep. Beautiful. Uh, bye guys, Have bye you. Kate. Bye guys. <laughs> bye everybody, thank you. We'll follow up with the links and everything else. Okay, bye guys, thank you. Bye, bye Rachel. <laughs> all right. The power is in knowing. And to hear all of those people speak on their queerness growing up, um, to hear from Rachel, who is 16, it's just, you just have to hear it for what it is. And it's real and it's beautiful. And there's so much greatness. And all of these humans that I spoke with, and all of my friends and family, everyone in my life, you just have to put people in place that create, that cultivate a strong, strong core of humans that are still willing to teach, to learn, and everything else. <laughs> so please, uh, follow all of those beautiful people on social media. Of course, I want to thank my on-air sponsors, Jose De La Cuesta and Michael Jacobrowskis. Without them, I truly can't have this podcast and all, of course, all of my other Patreons. Um, and if you want to support me, you can literally find uh, Queer Teen Podcast um, on Patreon.com. Patreon.com forward slash Queer Teen Podcast, as well as Facebook and Instagram. And that's it. And I'm your host, Anthony Giorgio. And thank you for listening to another episode of QT, Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. And remember, listen, learn, Love.